Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Academic Technology in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Before I introduce our special guest, all ACC faculty and staff are invited to our annual Summer Software Day on July 23rd. This event provides you with an opportunity to keep up to date with your tech skills and learn new ones to implement in your classrooms and day-to-day -day tasks. Learn more and subscribe to event updates online at austincc.edu slash summer excuse me, austincc.edu slash software day. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Siebel, Director of Student Accessibility Services, as we talk about how Student Accessibility Services supports faculty and students in online courses. Lauren, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Um, I know we uh, talked a little bit before we started recording, and it's uh, it's been a busy one for, uh, for both of us um, as uh, we start to talk about and plan for the transition back to campus. But I wanted to take some time today to talk to you a little bit about um, SAS and the services that you provide. Um, obviously, um, things changed drastically about 18 months ago. And so I wanna talk a little bit about how the services for student accessibility services has changed as a result of that. Um, so let's go ahead and start, uh, for those that um, are not familiar or maybe you don't regularly engage with your group, can you tell us a little bit about student accessibility services and what types of services and support you provide to students? Absolutely. So SAS provides accommodations for students with documented disabilities. That's the baseline for what we do. But we also provide alternative text to students who may need a text to speech software. Um, any student that has a disability, for instance, in, in reading or maybe processing um, gets a license for Kurzweil. Um, we also help navigate coursework in Blackboard. For instance, if a student is blind or visually impaired, we'll ask the instructor to add us to their Blackboard class so that we can go in and see what we need to do to make the course accessible to all students. Um, we also sometimes provide advising and schedule building for students. And then we're there just as a resource for them to get help um, with anything that they need to be able to access um, not only their courses, but any event at ACC. That's great. It's a wonderful service for our students. Um, on the faculty side of things, um, when and how do faculty typically uh, hear from SAS in terms of um, them possibly having students in their courses with accessibility needs? So students are responsible for picking up their accommodation letters from us and they need to present those to their instructors. Um, on occasion, we will contact instructors, for instance, if a student is blind or, <clears throat> excuse me, visually impaired, um, so that we can set up a semester planning meeting with them to make sure that all the materials and coursework, coursework is accessible to students. Our interpreting services department, Ginger Bennett, um, they send out an email to the instructor letting them know that they're going to have an interpreter in their class, both whether it's virtual or in person and um, instructions on how to set up Zoom, which is the preferred platform uh, for students who are deaf, how to pin interpreters, um, also asking them to allow interpreters as, uh, or adding them to their Blackboard class as a student or a TA um, so that they can have access to the materials ahead of time to learn it. And then of course, we'll answer any questions 
um, for faculty. I send out a welcome letter every semester to faculty with some general information about our services and some do's and don'ts, a, a copy of what our accommodation letter looks like and then information about testing uh, through our offices for students. Wonderful. Several of the services that you mentioned are, um, uh, let's say unique to um, teaching online, whether it's the use of Zoom or um, assistance with uh, navigating and, and making modifications to a Blackboard course. Can you talk a little bit about how SAS has, uh, how the services have changed over the last 18 months since the college's shift to fully online courses? Yeah, so like most everybody in the college, I worked during spring break 2020 to make sure that we would be able to continue to provide all services to students um, and created a, um, a COVID edition of our everything you always wanted to know about SAS, but were afraid to ask because there were a lot of changes. Fortunately, we were able to continue all of accommodations for students, which is great, including you know virtual interpreters, virtual access assistants, um, testing, our testing um, staff, because ACC live testing through the testing centers has a two hour limit on how long a student can be proctored. Um, we have been proctoring students, um, contacting the instructors to talk about test administration, how to make sure their test is accessible, um, Everything we do now is online. Um, our, we have an online application. Obviously students are meeting with folks right now online, which has been great for our students um, since there are a lot of barriers out there, sometimes even just getting to campus. Um, we have a SAS referral form now for faculty and staff. If a student tells them they have a disability, um, they can contact us and we'll reach out to the student. We've partnered with TLED um, and have some brand new information um, on the TLED website under accessibility. There's top 10 things SAS wants you to know. There's also information about accessibility um, and about the faculty responsibilities that they have for their online courses. So synchronous courses um, have been easier to navigate than the asynchronous courses since students can you know, log in at 3 a.m. if we want to, um, but we are not gonna provide um, any assistance at that time of day. <laughs> Thank goodness, maybe one day we will, I don't know. Um, but it's been a really interesting shift. I think in some ways it's been easier for faculty, um, you know, getting on Blackboard, making sure everything is accessible. Um, we've had a few hiccups when a class was listed as asynchronous and then it turned out to be a synchronous class that presents challenges for us sometimes, especially with interpreters. Um, but overall, we've just tried to get as much information out to faculty as possible, um, given, you know, the online environment, which is really different from face-to-face. -face. Sure. Um, based on all these changes that um, your area has um, uh, adopted since the move to fully online courses, have, have you noticed any changes in the success rate of those students who require accessibility services? Um, the, just as a result of the, the fully online courses? I am really glad you asked that because I am very happy to report that our students persisted from fall 19 to fall 20, around um, 7%, which was higher than traditional students. And from fall 19 to, no, from fall 
20 to spring 21, about 4%. So our success rate is actually higher than that of the traditional students, which makes me really, really happy. Um, we also discovered that students didn't necessarily need the same accommodations that they had for face-to-face -face courses um, that were needed online. So for instance, note-taking support, they didn't need that because notes were posted ahead of time or videos were there and captioned so students could rewatch the videos and take their own notes. So we saw, while we saw an increase of students requesting services, we saw a slight decrease during spring, summer, and then into the fall of 2020 for students who actually needed to use their approved accommodations, which I think says a lot about accessibility. With the, the and the success rate is, is fantastic. Um, I guess as a, as a follow-up to that, as the college starts preparing to move uh, back to on-campus, uh, in-person classes, in addition to the elevated uh, number of distance courses, what concerns do you have uh, from an accessibility standpoint that we, um, that we might uh, encounter during that transition back to, um, to what some would consider a, a traditional delivery method? So one of the biggest concerns we have is that instructors are walk into a classroom and have paper handouts. So obviously, if you have a blind student in your class, a paper handout isn't going to do them much good. Um, so we would really like for instructors to be posting materials um, in Blackboard for students to use. The other concern we have is we do have some students that require physical assistance. And so we're trying to navigate that with our safety team. Um, to make sure that one, we're not overloading a classroom with an extra person, um, or even the two interpreters um, that are assigned to face-to-face um, -face classes. So we're trying to work through that right now. I think that we'll be okay. Um, you know, we've, we're kind of in a difficult place right now, not being to ask if students are vaccinated and not really even being able to ask that somebody wear a mask. So we wanna be mindful of um, absolutely the safety of our students, some of whom are uh, immunocompromised and we would recommend that you know they probably not come to campus. Interestingly, um, we receive a daily registration report for our students and 87% of the classes our students have registered for for the fall are distance learning. For those faculty members who uh, might be new to ACC or new to teaching in higher education in general, um, what tips do you have for them as they start preparing for the fall semester, um, even before they may or may not hear from your area or their own students about those students who need um, accommodations? Great question. So my new mantra is that access is everyone's responsibility. And um, we had a panel yesterday through TLED where we talked about some of these things. Um, Number one, try to use an OER book. Those are almost immediately accessible to students um, and even students that use text-to-screen or text-to-speech readers. Um, have accessibility in your mind at the front of your class. It's a lot easier to think about it at the beginning while you're creating your course than to have to go in and um, retrofit something in order to accommodate a student. There is an administrative rule about the use of universal design, and I want faculty to be aware of that. 
universal design is a basic principle that states that everything should be accessible to as many people as possible, regardless of their abilities. So just starting out with accessibility in mind would be a huge step for us um, and, a, and a big benefit to the students. So make sure your texts are accessible. Make sure that all your course materials are accessible. If you're using Blackboard, take advantage of Blackboard Ally, which will grade your documents in Blackboard and tell you how accessible they are. And then it will give you suggestions and instructions on how to fix it. Work with your instructional designers, work with TLED, work with whoever you have to work with to make sure that your courses are accessible to people. We, you know, we know how many students we have registered with our offices, but we also know that there are a lot of students who never come to us for services. So thinking about accessibility at the forefront ensures that everything is accessible to all students. The fact that um, I, I have a background in instructional design makes me really glad that you referenced universal design of learning because it's really important uh, framework for, uh, for all instructors, regardless of which modality they're teaching in. So Exactly. And the AR is 1.01.002. It literally is the second administrative rule that talks about universal design. Um, you know, the other thing that we've talked about a lot with TLED and faculty development is to really look at how you're assessing students for tests. What, what do you need to know that they have learned and how can they show you that they've learned it? Um, you know, multiple choice tests are not great for every student. Writing essays may not be great for every student. So think about alternative assessments. You know, is there a reason or a need anymore for a seven hour physics test? what is it you're trying to get at? I think that that's really important. And I hope that, you know, um, faculty development and TLED will kind of work on that with instructors. Because I think this last 15, 16 months has showed us what we're capable of in an online environment and how we can continue to carry on what we've done the last 18 months and, you know, back to face-to-face -face courses. Great. You've mentioned a couple of resources already. You mentioned the, uh, the workshop that you did uh, yesterday with TLED, um, the instructional designers, of course. Um, but for uh, what types of training and support do you provide for faculty uh, or what resources may be out there, even if you're not the ones providing it, who may not be familiar with how to teach with an accessibility mindset? Question. So TLED um, featured us in their calendar this year. And this is our month. And we worked with Dr. Rachel Barrera and Courtney Grams to set up additional information about accessibility on the TLED website. It's under the accessibility link. We have partnered with faculty development to work um, or to come present and talk with instructors during their onboarding process. And also um, they have like, it's almost like speed dating where instructors can go from table to table of all the supports that are available for students. And we have the opportunity to talk to them there. We are available to come talk at your departmental meeting. Um, we also have this ongoing, everything you always wanted to know about SAS, but we're afraid to ask. We've participated in the remote recess um, several times now, and you can find um, the recordings of those sessions, including testing in a virtual environment, how accommodations work in a virtual environment, quick facts that you need to know about working with students um, with disabilities. So there's a lot of information out there 
for faculty, and I hope that they take advantage of it. Wonderful. Well, Lauren, that brings us to the end of the um, uh, today's interview. Um, I want to thank you for joining us today. Before I let you go, though, uh, one question I do ask uh, all of the guests on our podcast is, is there anything giving you Riverbat pride this week? Absolutely. I am really, really proud of my staff who have worked really hard over the last 18 months to continue to provide excellent customer services and accommodations to students. And I'm really, really excited about the partnership that we've created with TLED and also faculty development. Um, and one final thing, um, after months of a lot of hard work and a lot of hours, we have a new website up for students um, that is, I think it's awesome. Of course, I wrote much of the content, but it's available at austincc.edu forward slash SAS. Lots of new information there for current students, returning students, deafblind students. There's an FAQ that may have answers to questions that faculty get sometimes. Um, so everybody go check it out. Wonderful. Well, Lauren, thank you again very much for your time today. Um, I think this is, information has been uh, great and I'm sure very useful for those that listen to our podcast. So uh, thank you very much for joining today. Thank you for having me, Matthew. I appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can read episode transcripts on the TLED blog and find links to any resources we referenced during the show. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District Podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. You can learn more about the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and keep up with everything relevant to the faculty experience at ACC by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text ACCTLED in all caps to 22828 to subscribe. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ACCTLED. Thank you again for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.